and we're live. I actually don't know how to start the whole video thing, but I guess we could kick that off on the countdown. Fuck it. Let's run it back. We're it's starting. Already, right. It's already going. I don't care. Watch me. happens we had a big off season drew there's a lot going on um i'm sure as people will see that we're one person short uh like every great and historic person in history there comes a time where they hang it up and they move uh, on to better things they move on to better things michael jordan decided drive. they go for afternoon drives and chill with their bros and you know some of them go play baseball some of them decide to get drunk at Super Bowl parties, and then we uh, we kind of just see what happens. But uh, oh, wait a minute! I had a feeling this might happen. Look who is here! I'm making a guest appearance. I just had Donald Torrance to his afternoon drive. Wow! Back from the dead. How are we doing, boys? For this week, you ready? <laughs> no, I'm just excited to see you guys are continuing to do this. Yeah, you got in here like safely and correctly, and you guys actually have a setup. And I don't think that we did either of those things. We actually started before the countdown, and then we played the countdown. <laughs> Joe just then... cut it real quick. While I'll try to reload. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know, well, you so your... wait, is that rec- is that recorded though? Like, I might oh yeah, watch yeah, that? yeah, yeah, that's that's in there. Ricky nice. Dunks. Ricky Dunks. Um, well, I have to go get the show up, but I'm leaving on this note. Garrett Wilson is my guy for the entire year. Oh, wow. Season long only fantasy. Season long. Season long only fantasy. I'm subscribing. You get like a discount if you do it for 12 months as opposed to three months or one month or whatever. Yeah, I'm buying in. Wow. This is big. This is big stuff. So Garrett Wilson, I mean, solid choice. He gets A-Rod. He's kind of been the the gem of kind of like the guys that fall and rise up the ranks from uh, Hard Knocks. I feel like Garrett Wilson has very much been that guy. Um, So I like the pick, man. Good stuff. I also don't think it's like that bold, but yeah, he's a stud. That's, that's what I'm, like, yeah, he's pretty good last year. So why, why wouldn't he naturally take a step this year with Aaron Rodgers? There you go. Well, all right. Well, we'll figure out guys. the jersey. We'll luck. figure out the jersey retirement at some point. Hang it in the right. Oh, yeah, I better see. There you go. Yeah, instead of a third like screen being a person, it can just be like a jersey with my Let's name. Hit up the H gate quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need that, but good deal. All right, boys. Later. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> wow. Who would have thought? But yeah, he didn't the tell me been... that. But I, I had a feeling it would happen. I just saw his, uh, you know, I just saw it pop up at the bottom. It's like, oh, let me throw him in there real quick. Well, see, you got a promotion. You actually have never had access to all of the like the director cut. So for the first time, you could actually see someone waiting in the bottom. But I don't like that. I already gave my two weeks. <laughs> so Drew, how are we doing? How's the off season? What's uh, what's shaking over there? It's been good. Got lots of stuff going on, you know, football wise and non football wise, and solid, solid, ready to roll. Oh, 
Nice. And then how many drafts have you done so far? So this is kind of like the big weekend for it. Um, yeah. This week, especially people like to wait until after preseason is done to avoid all the injuries. So do you have any drafts left? How many do you have already? And how are you feeling about your teams? Yeah. So uh, 13 leagues total. Fortunately, 13. Yes. I. You passed me. Wow. Dynasty though. So you don't have to do as much. Those have been long gone. Since sure. After, sure. Since after the draft, I got two more. This week, I got one tonight, I got one tomorrow night, and then we're ready to roll. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to be floating at like 9 or 10. So um, there's one league that kind of falls together last minute. I've got two drafts that are happening tomorrow at the same time. I have an auction draft on Wednesday. Always look forward to that. Um, Auction is very much like, to me, like supreme fantasy football. Um, The last two drafts I've done, I've been pick 10 in both of those, and my team feels the same. And it's like, as much as I'd like to diversify, I I can't. Because it's like, well, I like those guys. Otherwise, I wouldn't have did it in the first draft. But that's here nor there. Um, so as we normally do, um, you're going to see a pretty typical flow to the show. Um, so we're going to get Dr. Drew all hooked up, ready to rumble. And uh, let's kind of just start talking about with some injuries. You always hope that like going into the season that you don't have that stuff. Um, but what ultimately are the updates that we're looking at going into week one, Drew? Yeah, so we could start with some positives. Um, Joe Burrow, we all saw what happened to him earlier in the preseason. Uh, Dude came up limp. Kind of looked like it could be an Achilles, turned out to be a calf. Obviously, that's a good thing. It wasn't an Achilles. Um, Zach Taylor just came out, said that he's progressing as he should, so you should feel good about him playing this week. Um, I'm not a real doctor, but I do have concerns about him long-term personally um, with a calf injury, anything that's like a soft tissue injury that can pop up at any point in the season. But let's just keep knocking that things are good. Um, he's ready to roll for week one, I imagine. All right, good deal. Yeah, it was weird when it happened. Like I, when you saw the video, it seemed very nonchalant. You're like, oh man, did he like blow an Achilles? Like what could have happened there? But yeah, all seems to be pointing good. And I feel like it's a big year for them too because that contract extension is looming. So they yeah. need to try to get it done before he has to get paid. So Yeah, they waited for him to go last. Big mistake. But Yeah, a lot of big money at the QB position this year. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes. But good deal. Um, anything else on the injury front? I know we're going to talk a little bit about Cooper Cup in the Tinder section of today's show. Um, but anybody that you're looking at week one, um, that you're like, mm, like this kind of gives me pause otherwise. Like, how are you feeling about someone like uh, like Brees Hall, for example, coming off the ACL? He hasn't been ruled out yet. They haven't said anything about like a pitch count or anything like that. Um, you have both Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall coming back kind of from injuries, um, very different style, but nonetheless, um, and we don't really know because there wasn't any preseason shake, how that's ultimately going to be week one. So like, what are your expectations for those two guys as we roll forward? Yeah, so uh, for Brees, um, you know, coming off the ACL, I say the same thing every single year. I'm always skeptical about guys coming off ACLs because they're overcompensating in other areas, and you see a lot of soft tissue injuries come back to haunt those guys. Um, I wanted to comment on Javante while we're talking about Brees with the ACL. Okay. I told you during, like, OTAs, like, for some reason, I just – I looked at him on, like, the tape that we saw and like on yeah. social media, and I, there was just something about him. And I was just like, why does he look the way he looks right now? I've been psyched for him going into this. Season. Yeah. His ADP. I was, I was all over Twitter. I was just like, Brees Hall's going 
at his ADP in like the third round and Javante is going in round 10. And to me, Javante looked like the healthier player, even though his injury was much more significant than Brees. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about it pretty early where it was like, all right, like you said, yeah, like look how he's cutting, looking at all this stuff. And I was like, eh, like I need to see it in the games. And then like in the preseason, it was very much like, wasn't getting a lot of tread, but like, it was like, all right, like he can move. Um, It's, very different than I feel like the Cam Akers situation a couple years ago where it was like he didn't look great in the uh, like in the times where he was like practicing doing all this stuff or like J.K. Dobbins last year where you could see like he was kind of noticeably limping and doing yeah. all this stuff in practice. And yeah, you were right on the money from really the get go. And if you were able to get Javante in a draft already, I mean, he's looking to be like seventh, eighth round kind of guy. His um, ADP but, is still great. It's yeah. Cr- it a little bit but it hasn't corrected where it should i would draft him in round five and feel good about it because i still feel good about samaj p ryan as a as a handcuff that you can draft both guys and he's still going in round 11 yeah um, for sure i feel good about taking both guys so that for javante it was this weird thing that i really wanted to touch on because they always talk about like it's not always the actual physical injury that uh, like hampers a player going into the season but it's just their mindset like they're afraid to cut Javante just came into camp and he was just like, I'm not scared of what I can do on this football field. Like I'm going right. to, I'm going to play my game. I'm not thinking about it at all. And he actually is showing that. And I'm just real psyched for him. And uh, for Brees back to Brees. Um, I'm still worried about him. Um, he hasn't really had the opportunity to show us that he's going to be good. Right. But the main thing too, is that he has a really tough opening schedule. Like their first five weeks, I can't remember week by week who they play, but they have a tough, tough, tough schedule. So he's not a type of guy that I would even feel comfortable playing at this point, even if he was 100% healthy. Like he he might be like a flex option for me, even though he's such a good player um, because his schedule is just so bad and he's coming off the injury. No, that's a great call, actually. So if you look at the first five or six weeks for the Jets, I mean, they really don't have any favors done for them. So they're going to open up against the Bills, who are a stout divisional opponent. Then they are going to be in Dallas against the Cowboys. They have the Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, and then the Eagles. Um, So it's a very tough start. To me, like, I have a lot of faith in Brees Hall and just, like, with how clean the ACL injury was for him that he's going to be able to get back. But to your point, because he's going to be facing these tougher defenses to start the year, and I imagine there's going to be more of a split early on and they're going to ease him back into things, I think he's going to be a really good buy-low candidate in a few weeks. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Like if he doesn't really have any setbacks and it's more of a utilization thing, then I think people are going to panic pretty quick. Um, they look at a lot of the stats. Um, I, I forget the guy's name on Twitter, um, but he's one of the people that likes to throw out like the very uh, like, here's the 10 things that are going to dominate your fantasy football league for That's this year. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, it's like, oh, like running backs with like the first round capital, like within this amount, like in like this spark score, it's like they've yeah. all had like top five finishes or whatever, um, is which we, what you see with like Bijan and also Jameer Gibbs going like early because like pretty much everyone that's in that kind of pedigree does well. Um, and Brees Hall also fits into that. If he didn't have the injury, he would have easily been a first round pick going into the draft this year. But it's like, okay, now if we're looking at that here, um, maybe it's going to be slow because of the injury, but I think a lot of people are chasing that upside. They said last year he would have been a top five guy. If I can get that in the third, fourth round, I feel pretty good about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be a slow burn for him for sure. 
I do have a few more injuries here. I just didn't want to just keep cutting through without giving you a chance. So, uh, oh, sure. Minor one here. We'll go with Kadarius Tony. Um, he suffered a knee injury. Um, I think it was in like late June, early July. Um, I was speculating for a bit that I thought it might be like a meniscus. Maybe he'll get like a trim or something. Um, it turns out he did have a meniscus, a uh, small meniscus tear. Um, Andy Reid came out and essentially said that he's going to be good to go for week one. Um, in terms of fantasy for him, it doesn't really move the needle for me anywhere because outside of Kelsey, you really don't know what you're going to get from a Chiefs receiver. Um, I'm the highest on Sky Moore overall, and given the fact that he's been able to work with the team you know, through camp, I'm real high on him. And plus the – I mean, we loved him last year in the draft. He was a guy that we were really high on. Um, so I like him the most out of those guys. But I, you don't know what you're going to get with a Chiefs receiver this early. So I, I'm not really looking to play him or Sky Moore or anyone like that at this point. It's just kind okay. of wait and see. Yeah, it's definitely a lottery ticket type situation um, for sure there. Before we move into the next injury, uh, we did have a question in the chat. Going to bring that up real quick. So, um, Antonio, thanks for watching the show. Uh, question was, would you do a trade Tyreek, A.J. Brown, Cam Akers for Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, and CMC? Um, so this is full PPR. How you feeling about it? Um, obviously, uh, two wide receiver ones. Cam Akers, wide receiver two. Um, Garrett Wilson, as Zach mentioned at the beginning of the show, his fantasy, his only fantasy player for the year, T Higgins, number two target in Cincinnati, but high powered offense. And then arguably the number one pick off the board, um, in CMC. Um, so what do you think about it, Drew? Yeah. So I don't know which side we're looking at for Antonio, but, uh, I'm, I mean, I love the right side, you know, yeah. I would smash if you're on the right side. If you're, if you're giving up Wilson Higgins and CMC, I would hammer no. Just yeah. Kind of, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, just like looking at the two comps, like CMC easily top five pick, like going into like a draft Garrett Wilson's been trending to be like a second round guy. T Higgins, third, fourth um, Tyreek's been a back half of the first AJ Brown steadily in the second, but then Cam Akers, you're looking at fifth, sixth round, maybe guys. So it's hard to know before the season starts, but based on the information that we have now, I definitely lean heavy with the CMC Garrett Wilson T Higgins side. Um, so if you're on that side, that's definitely a, a, a good play for me. Um, if not, um, yeah, I, I think that asking price is pretty, pretty steep for what you're getting back. So, um, cool. Awesome. Thanks. And then for anybody else that's in the chat, um, we've seen a lot of faces, some familiar friends. Um, if y'all have any questions, feedback, comments, anything, let us know. Um, we'll put it up here and we can talk about what's ever going on. So Drew, back to the injury updates. Um, anything else before we transition kind of into the week one headlines? Yeah, let's give one more minor one. And then there's a couple more guys that we can touch on at the same time. Um, so we'll go with Jalen Waddle. Uh, he has like a core abdomen injury. Um, it's something to look out for over the next few weeks. See how he responds in game, but he is expected to suit up week one. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be a fixture in your lineup. So you want to know if, you know, you could lose him over the next few weeks, depending on how this core injury shakes out. But he does have that core injury, is going to play week one, and uh, something to keep an eye on. All right. um, and then the last the last one, the bad one. So uh, we're going to go talk about some hamstrings, starting with uh, Jerry Judy. We'll start with uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, you know, so he suffered that late in camp. He's not expected to play week one. He probably will not be playing week two. Um, but I did want to – add some positive light onto that. They did not place him on IR. So that's, that's a really good sign that you might be able to see him in week two or three. Um, but yeah, he's not going to be on your roster in your lineups uh, this week, but uh, that makes me really like a guy like Cortland Sutton, especially with the, the loss of Tim Patrick to his, uh, 
um, his Achilles during camp. Uh, Marvin Mims is a guy to look at as well, maybe for like a DFS option, but you're yeah. going to go with the guy you've seen it with before. I think Cortland Sutton is a guy that could definitely be in play as a wide receiver two or a flex going into week one as well. Yeah, I think uh, Cortland Sl- Sutton, if you think back to last year, like when Russ first got with the team, he was the guy that they said that was kind of like the, if you think back a couple years ago when it was like Robert Woods versus Cooper Cup, like who's going to emerge as Stafford's target, right? Cortland Sutton was really the camp buzz hype player from that. Um, didn't really have a good start to the year, had a little bit of an injury battle himself. Um, but yeah, I think he's been slept on a little bit. You can get him almost for free in drafts right now. Um, and he's climbed a little bit with the Judy injury, but knowing that he's not going on IR, I don't see, think that you're going to see like a big kind of jump in his ADP if you're drafting this week. Um, I do think it's interesting though, if you have a lot of faith in that offense, I mean, I don't know how you feel about Russ Wilson, but if you're saying like, all right, new head coach, they've got Javante back, you getting Jerry Judy back in a couple of different pieces, right? Um, you're going to get him back in a couple weeks. So realistically, like it should be a high powered offense. If you're thinking about other high powered offenses where you've been able to support multiple receivers, this seems like a good fit. Um, obviously you have like Greg Dulcich who may be like, uh, kind of stealing into that target share as well, but, um, we'll see what Sean Payton ultimately has. I want to, I want to add something there. You said the Dulcich thing, uh, I don't know if you've been watching them in preseason, but the dude is not lining up and running routes. Right. Yeah. Which is weird because he was exclusively a route runner last year. If you look at like in camp, they're like, he's going to be, I forget what the word was for it. Um, but uh, kind of like the Swiss army knife of sorts for Sean Payton. And then like nothing has happened with it. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, but yeah, I I'm definitely big on, um, on Cortland Sutton for the time being, I think he can definitely be like a high end wide receiver to flex play, at least for the first couple of weeks. So I like it. Yeah. And then I'm hoping that this one can transition right into our next segment, um, Cooper Cup. So we know what's been going on with Cooper Cup. He's had a hamstring injury basically all camp. Um, I'll be honest, I was not nervous until about this week. I thought that he'd be back. The The Rams, to their credit, have one of the best, if not the best, medical staffs in the all of NFL. But uh, he's asking for a second opinion with a specialist. And that really was an eye-opener for me, considering how good their staff is. If they weren't concerned about his hamstring and about that lingering moving forward, I don't think they'd be looking for an opinion on how, like they might be asking how he can stretch better and stuff is something as simple as that. But I really don't like the fact that they have him out in Minnesota right now. Um, He's still there as of a recent update within the last couple hours. Um, That's not good. Um, His ADP has corrected a little bit. I've seen him go as late as the third round, but I mean, this is two years in a row where we're missing out on Cooper Cup for some time. I'm worried about it. He's also hitting – is he at age 30 yet or he's right I think he's 29, I believe, yeah. yeah. He's, he's he's coming right up on that wall, and uh, it's it's a concerning thing. I'm I'm worried about Cooper Cup. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, so two more chat uh, pieces that we're going to hit. Uh, so Zach's still lurking around. Graphics are gas. Appreciate yeah. that, my guy. We do a little bit of a overhaul um, to get ready for the season, so – uh, a little bit of changes. Um, also, now that we're down to two faces, we got to keep it away from mine as much as I can. Don't have the looks of you and Drew. Um, let's go, Kraz. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we do answer the chat questions. So if you have any start, sit sort of questions, anything like trade related, um, we did answer one about 10 minutes or so ago. But yeah, bring those in um, and we'll answer them as we go. Um, so those are definitely welcome. And thanks for checking us out today. All right, Drew. Um, so before we do get into fantasy football Tinder, which we 
both love so much. Um, I did want to talk to you about a couple of things on just kind of like the headline front, right? Um, so if we're looking at the headlines for the season, um, one of the things I'm curious about and wanted your opinion on, so we have three rookie quarterbacks that are going to be starting week one. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, I know that when we're going through kind of like the dynasty process um, and when Anthony Richardson got drafted uh, fourth overall, a lot of hype from the fantasy football kind of universe of like, hey, like this guy could really be doing a lot. He's got all the tools to be like a Justin Fields-esque type performer with his ability to run, throw, do all this stuff. Yeah. So how are you feeling about the rookie quarterbacks? Is there any of them that you would be considering drafting from a redraft scenario? And uh, who do you think ultimately finishes as the top point, I guess, getter for the rookie QBs this season? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, there's only one that I'm really looking at in redraft, and he'll probably be my top scorer. Um, I'm really in on Anthony Richardson. As uh, as we've talked about our fishbowl boys, I, I reached on Anthony Richardson in fishbowl this year. I, I took him in the, the two to three turn in fishbowl. I think that his rushing upside is going to be elite. I really do. Um, He's the guy for me if I'm going with any of the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Stroud, he doesn't even have the weapons, really. And Bryce yeah. Young, the, the thing with me with Bryce Young, I'm, I'm kind of a Bryce Young hater. It just when he drops back and I see him standing there on his tippy toes trying to see a line <laughs> of scrimmage, that from that moment on, I've always been skeptical, skeptical about the guy. I mean, he was a top pick for a reason. We're hoping he's going to develop, but I'm, I'm not looking at him at all in a redraft. Going okay. Over. Yeah, I don't I don't think that I really have interest in any of them from a redraft scenario. Um, from what I saw from Anthony Richardson in preseason, it's very much going to be high highs and low lows. Um, that first preseason game, I thought he looked absolutely awful, um, but he did have some moments here and there. They do have like a little bit of weapons in Michael Pittman. They've spent like the draft capital on Alec Pierce and Josh Downs in the last couple of years. Um, but not potentially having Jonathan Taylor and the way that their offensive line is kind of held up in the preseason, it gives me a lot of red flags on that offense overall. And I'm realistically fading pretty much any Colt. Like I don't have a lot of interest in drafting them yeah. for the most part. So I do like Bryce um, from what they're saying from like camp chatter is that like he is that dude and like he's going to do well. I don't think that he is going to run enough for me to feel comfortable with him because like you said, he doesn't really have a lot of great weapons either. I mean, his favorite target, what it seems like is going to be Adam Thielen, um, kind of like over the hill sort of safety valve type player who doesn't get separation anymore. Um, they have a lot of like B-list guys also that are in that room. So I think he ultimately has the best year overall, but I don't think it's going to be serviceable enough in like a QB1 league. Um, so we'll see where we land with that. But who knows? All right, so we did get a question from uh, Let's Go Kraz. Um, so, uh, would you trade Keenan Allen and Christian Watson for Devonte Adams? Um, I'll go first. I'm assuming he's a, he's acquiring Adams, which yes. I like. I do like that. Um, if Zach's still watching, he'll probably not like if we're giving away Christian Watson. He's, that's his guy this year too, not just Garrett Wilson. Um, I think I think I'd have to see more of his roster to really know what I would slam dunk choose. What what are your thoughts? Uh, to me it's a no. Um I really like Keenan Allen this year and I may or may not be talking about that a little bit later in the show. Um and I also think that Christian Watson is like the bona fide number one option in Green Bay. 
Um, with Devontae Adams, it's a weird scenario in Las Vegas. It's like I don't think that Vegas is going to be a good team. I think that Devontae Adams has all of the talent in the world, and he can he's QB proof, so like he's going to be good. Um, but I don't know if I'm getting enough back this early in the season to make that call. Like yeah. you either have to have a really deep wide receiver room that you feel comfortable sliding someone in to fill in the Christian Watson spot. Cause you probably took Christian Watson in the fifth round. So you're essentially giving up like a third round and a fifth round pick for like a second round guy. So like who slides in the lineup spot for you there. Um, but the other thing is that Devonte Adams has already been vocal about like, he's not really liking the drama of the locker room. There's yep. a lot of weird stuff happening in Vegas. We haven't really seen Jimmy G do a whole lot yet. Um, and if he goes down, what are we looking at at the quarterback situation? You kind of have like Brock Purdy 2.0. I can't remember what the name of the rookie is from uh, Dude, Vegas. Respect, respect Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell. There you go. Yeah. But I mean, am I going to put those chips in before week one even happens? Dude, Realistically, good, to be honest, I'll be, I, I stashed him in all my dynasty leagues. Um, I like him. I'm leaning no with you, though. I mean, I'm not as high on Keenan Allen as you. I'm always concerned about him in terms of soft tissue injuries moving forward. Uh, but I don't like Devontae Adams enough that I think that, to your point, to give up both of those guys. Yeah, and I think that that trade would be there all season. Like, to do it now, I think that you're you're selling high on, like, Keenan Allen and Christian Watson before anything happens, and Devontae Adams, like, we don't really know what that Vegas offense is going to look like. So, for me, that, that's a pass for now. Uh, one more trade question that we got here um, from Antonio again. So this is a different trade. Um, this is also going to be PPR. Uh, so Cam Akers plus Amari Cooper for Garrett Wilson and Jalen Warren. I think and I elim- eliminate all bias of Jalen no, Warren. I I, I kind of think that I do that, though, because, like, Cam Akers to me is kind of an enigma. Like, I don't know what to expect from him week over week. I don't know what to expect from that Rams offense entirely. Um, his ADP kind of reflects that too. He's not going as a top tier running back. Yeah. He's very much in that like running back dead zone, sort of like I have issues with a lot of these guys, like to me, like in that kind of tier of players, like I would probably prefer like a Javante, um, over a Cam Akers or like, like, how would you feel like, would you rather draft like Cam Akers or like Miles Sanders? They're both the same guy to me. I mean, I like Sanders more. Honestly, I probably I would do Sanders more just because of the lack of the injuries. Yeah. I, I think that you do this deal though, because you're getting a bona fide stud and yeah. I'm not as high on Amari Cooper either. Um, no. I think, I mean, he's the number one there. I, I do like Cedric. They make him a thing. Um, probably won't be in the, in the short term, more of a long-term thing, but when you can get a bona fide guy like that, Jalen Warren could you know, like he's efficient. He's not going to get enough work to be a, a regular, but he's efficient enough that I don't think that he's that. Like, I don't know if he's that big of a drop off from K makers. If K makers turns out to be the K makers we've seen in some like the last couple of years, like he K makers hasn't shown us anything weeks one through 10. Sure. In those years. No, I feel that. I, I think the thing with Jalen Warren is that there's been a lot of talk in Pittsburgh in the preseason yeah. that, like, is Jalen Warren going to surpass Najee Harris and become the lead back by the end of the season? No. Absolutely uh, no, not. he's not. And it's never going to happen. But what, what I if will, he's getting 40%? Like, even if he's getting 40%, though, I think the benefit of ha- – like, I wouldn't want Jalen Warren as my running back two to get 40% of the plays. But, right, but I don't think that Cam Akers is his RB2. I think that he's – 
arguably a flex or maybe is potentially his first running back off the bench, depending on how he drafted. Like sure. I, I have several leagues where Cam Akers is probably my RB4. Okay. Yeah. And then if that's the case, then it's a smash for me. Because what I was going to say is that with Jalen Warren, to me, he may be the most premium backup in the league this season, where it's like, if Najee goes down, Jalen Warren is going to win your league. Yep. So it's like, to me, like, that's the kind of people when I'm drafting, when I'm getting to the later rounds, I would rather have Jalen Warren, who I might not play, but if something happens, then he's going to explode versus like a, oh, like, am I going to draft like Zeke or like someone from Miami that like, who knows what's going to happen like with them? Like, no, like I would rather have like a Jalen Warren that's like, if something happens, it's going to pop off. If Chubb goes down, can I get Jerome Ford and it's going to be an elite rushing attack? Like, He's, let me go for the home runs. Yeah, like Jalen Warren and Tajay Spears are my two homer picks that I've I've come out of a draft and with one of those guys in every yeah. single league. Like those are the two guys. I was like, if something happens to Derrick Henry <clears throat> or something happens to Najee, I would plug them in almost as a top ten play. Right. Yeah. Really absolutely. Yeah. And I think Tajay Spears you can get for free off of waivers today. Yeah. I've been taking them in round fifteen, round sixteen because I just yeah. don't want to miss on the opportunity if you don't have the waiver position. All right, so it looks like Cam Akers is an RB3, um, and then he also has Brees Hall. Um, it's, a little, it's a little skeptical. With it is scary. It is scary. Yeah, but I, I say go for it. Um, yeah. I, like I, his, I if he takes that if he takes that deal, his he has like a bona fide like zero RB, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Garrick Wilson. Right, yeah. yeah. No, he, I, I like that a lot. Your wide receiver. You can if you have any other like decent wide receivers, you could try to move and get another RB three too in that scenario because you're not taking any of those guys out of your lineup. Right. No, yeah. I mean that's super strong. And in a full PPR league, like <laughs> as long as you have one solid running back to start, like I'm very yeah. I used to be very very much like a zero running back kind of guy. I've transitioned to more into like a hero running back situation oh, yeah. where you get one dog. And then it's like, all right, like I feel confident enough in my ability to hit waivers that I can get one running back. That's how I am. Yep. Yeah. I, I just love that strategy. Yeah. So um, I'm here for that. Antonio, I would pull the trigger on that trade if it was me. If, if you could just add who your all your running backs and wide receivers, I'm, I'm just curious to see what you have elsewhere. I'd like to see what RB1 is. It's me. All right, sweet. So uh, let's transition a little bit. Let's get into uh, Fantasy Football Tinder. Um, so if you haven't been with us before, um, Fantasy Football Tinder is something that we do week to week. Uh, we pick two or three topics. Uh, we also post this stuff on Twitter for y'all to kind of like engage and see like how y'all think about it too. Um, so if you're not following us on Twitter, you can follow us at, at uh, 412FFshow. Um, we're on Twitch. We're obviously here on YouTube as well. Um, but what we like to do is say like, all right, here's kind of our topic for the day. Um, and if we're feeling good about it, we're going to swipe right. Um, if we're not, we're going to swipe left. Um, so the first person we talked about a little bit already on the show is Cooper cup. Um, so Cooper cup, um, as drew mentioned earlier, um, has been fading a little bit, um, because of these injury concerns with, uh, the hamstring going to visit the, uh, the specialist for that second opinion. Um, so he's fallen four or five slots in the last seven days on ESPN. Um, Drew, how are you feeling about Cooper Cup? Um, are you fading him now with this injury bleeding into the start of the season? Yeah, so you know me. We've done this for the last few years. Um, I'm very, very 
you know, I don't like to take chances with injuries. I've always been that way. Uh, my tolerance is much lower. Um, I was, like I said, I was in on him going into this week. I was, I, at his ADP, I probably would have taken him at the end of the first round still. But as soon as he left LA to go to Minnesota, get a special uh, second opinion, I was, you know, I was out. Um, there's always going to be a point at which, you know, like what the heck is he doing in round four, round five? Like, I think he's worth taking a stab at him there, but he still hasn't dropped in his ADP far enough for me at this point. And there's not enough time for him to do that. So I'm, I'm all the way out on Cooper cup. He's kind of one of these guys that I'm hoping that someone takes a shot on early and then, you know, their team struggles early. And then maybe we can get a better look at him, see if he's going to come back to see if I can get someone that's desperate that might deal him in weeks four through five or a buy low candidate. But at this point, there's too many other guys that I like in rounds two and three that I would just take over him that I know are sure things. Sure. Wilson, Sun God, those guys. Like, I, I'm not going to take Cup when I can take those guys and I feel good about it. Gotcha. Um, just to pivot very so ever so slightly. Um, so Antonio said that his running backs are uh, Dobbins, Brees Hall, Cam Akers. He has Swift, Charbonnet, um, and Devin King. Um, yeah, I, I still do that deal. I mean, I don't feel great about Dobbins as an RB1. I'm probably lower than consensus on him for the season, just because I think that the Ravens are going to be throwing a little bit more with the new offensive scheme. Um, but he does have the potential to break out year two after the ACL. So you should see a little bit better of a bounce back from him. Um, but I think that you have enough lottery tickets in there where it's like, if Cam Akers doesn't necessarily perform, maybe DeAndre Swift does. Uh, maybe Charbonnet comes in. I would also put him in that like elite handcuff category for Seattle. Um, and then having a lottery ticket for Miami is definitely not a bad thing to have either. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would still run with it. Um, any objections or change of opinion based on this new info? Yeah, I, I I don't like what he's leaving his running backs at. There there's no one there that I'm like really feeling good about, honestly. Um the thing for me though is that you know I'm a Gabe Davis guy. Um Could have been high, Yeah, he I mean he suffered a high ankle sprain in week two last year and he just he played through it. And you know, like I, I think that that did truly impact him. I think you're gonna see something out of Gabe Davis early, and I think that you might be able to move him to get yourself a mid tier running back. Um, but I, I don't feel as good about it as I did before I saw that I, I was, when he said that Brees was his, he said Brees was his RB two, right? Like, I, yeah. I, like I, I wasn't expecting Dobbins to come back as his RB one. Um, and I, I'm not really too keen on Deandre Swift. Cause I, I think that that's a three headed monster. Yeah. So, right. Um, so I'm, I'm a little less skeptical now going into this. I, I don't know if I would still do it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I think that you need to show me something else at running back before you make a deal like that at this point. To, to me, I just don't think Cam Akers like moves the needle, whereas right. I do feel like the upgrade from Cooper to Garrett Wilson is worth it. So I, I just um, think that he completely like he punts at running back then. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I mean the draft was already doing that anyway. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can move a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba too. Um, maybe there's, yeah. three, there's three wide receivers there. I know, I know he's a real good player. We all like him, but I mean, he, he might start off slow if Metcalf and Lockett are still eating into that target share. So cool. All right, man. Sounds good. All right. So, uh, any other thoughts on Cooper cup? I know we stopped on that combo just a little bit, but yeah. Did you, did you fade? 
Um, I have not said what I was doing, but um, yeah. I'm also fading on him as well. Um, to me, like you were saying, like what are like the players that he's kind of sliding around from like that list? Um, so if you think about like draft boards, maybe a couple weeks ago, there was really like a top four receivers and then everyone else. So Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup. If you think about like points per game last year, Cooper Cup was even crushing Jefferson last year. So I was really excited about the prospect of potentially having Cup. Um, I have a little bit of um, exposure to him in a keeper league, um, but the pick is like a ninth or 10th round. So it's like, all right, I'm yeah. still going to do it. Um, but right now, the, the way that like he's sliding across the board, um, so they have him now as wide receiver seven. Um, so uh, it's Diggs, Lamb, St. Brown, Cup, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Garrett Wilson. Um, I don't think anybody that I listed in that tier um, I would take Cooper Cup over knowing that this is going to bleed into the season. That being said, if he slides into the third round, I would take him over like the Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, Devonta Smith, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, yeah. Metcalf tier. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely have reservations there. Um, I do think he is going to get on the field, but we also know, and they did the same thing with Cam Akers in the playoffs a couple of years ago. They have like in LA, there's a difference between like being healthy and game ready. And for what it sounds like is that he's not even healthy. Right. Um, so like he has to get the healthy hurdle and then get to game ready. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see. And for me, that's like, all right, I'd rather not mess with it. Yeah, there's something there that's lingering with him that they're trying to figure out what keeps happening that's causing him to have these setbacks. And yeah, I mean, if you're going to sit there and you're trying to think of theoretical science to figure out why his hamstrings acting up, it's not. I want nothing to do with it. Cool. All right. So let's go into our second uh, Tinder case. Um, so next profile that we have is Jonathan Taylor. He's been all over the news really this whole off season, especially once all these different pieces came out about like the running backs, what's the value of their contracts. Should they be getting the franchise tag? We saw Saquon Barkley get an extra million dollars in cash pretty much to play this year for the Giants. Somebody else just got like a little bump on their deal this past week too, right? Um, I forget who it was, but um, where we're sitting now, it looks like JT, is he? he's still looking a little bit unhealthy. We're not sure if or when he's going to play. He's on the PUP list, on the PUP list. Um, so do you feel like there's a point where JT is going to be worth the risk at any point? Do you think that he's hurt? Yeah, you, you, you do think he's hurt. You I do think, think he's hurt. You don't think it's T.J. Hawkinson where he has a back injury, he has a headache, and he has a rash. So the reason why I think that he's hurt is because he was hurt at the end of last year, right? And then this whole thing started when the team wanted him to get like a physical done and be looked at by his doctors, and then he freaked out, said he needed a new contract, and like all of this stuff happened. So it felt like even then, like he still had something that was lingering and never got to finish. So I do think he's actually hurt. And I think it's worse than he realizes. Because if you think back, like with JT, if you look at the draft last year, why was he the number one overall pick? Because he hadn't missed like a practice since like the fifth grade, like let alone like miss a game. Like the dude's pretty Gumby. Like I'm skeptical about his injury. I don't want to say that he's not hurt, but like it just doesn't really seem – it seems fishy to me. I'll be honest. Um, um, yeah, I, this has been tough for me. I'll be honest. Uh, so I, I got lucky early on before his ADP started to drop. Um, I just didn't have the opportunity to pick him. Okay. Was just taken. So 
Um, there's actually a league I'm in where the guy ended up with Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup as his first two, first two or three picks. So I, I feel F in the chat, rough. man. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. So in scenarios like that, I'll be honest. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is a guy I'm going to be keeping my eye on, essentially all year. I, I expect teams that have him, especially if they drafted earlier before his ADP fell down into the 60s, that they're probably going to struggle early on and they're going to panic. So yeah. if, if the price ends up getting somewhere where I think I can acquire him pretty cheap and I'm doing well, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to explore that Avenue, but I'm going nowhere near him. I think he was the easiest fade like preseason fade in the history of fantasy football. He and his, well, his, his agent and their owner are subtweeting each other. Like we're sitting there on Twitter watching when <laughs> say talk the way he was talking and Zach kindfully created an AB Jim Irsay uh, meme for me so I can use it. Uh, I was out at that moment. Like as soon as his owner takes the Twitter and starts talking about him, th- the relationship is completely tarnished. I don't see him playing before week six. Um, I think that there's a scenario where he's obviously out the first four weeks, but they're obviously going to let him work his way back. I think that they have a bye week coming up in that range. You're not going to see him early enough where it's going to be worth it. And the problem is uh, we have a comment about what to do with JT. I don't know if you can even trade him. Like you could dangle him out there. No one's going to, I don't think anyone's going to take a stab at it. I think that you're forced to hold. Um, and, and realistically, what could you get back for a player that you know is hurt going into the season? Like, why would you give that up? Like the trade, like to me for JT, like if you're already in a situation where he's been drafted already, like you've, that cost is gone. Like that sunk cost yep. is already there. He does not have value until it's like, oh, like he's coming back this week. He's coming back next week. We're seeing him in practice. And then people say, oh, yeah, that was the number one overall pick. Like maybe I should go and sprinkle that in. Like you can't sell low on him right now. Just put him in the IR spot and then put in some lottery tickets with like an Evan Hall or um, I don't know, like somebody else that's sitting out there like a Tajay Spears and just see if you can find like a replacement. So uh, Ice trade, I personally wouldn't be trying to make that move right now. I think you're selling low and you're not going to get as much back. Um, so I would hold for now. Yeah. You just need to be uh, at the side of your bed, making your prayers. Cause I, it's going to be a wild ride for you. For sure. All right. And then before I jump in, just want to give a quick shout out to our boy, Derek, always DB. killing it. What's up DB. How you doing, man? Um, so for me, when I, what I'm thinking about like my draft strategy and what I'm looking at, like for my teams, like I probably make, 60 to 70 roster moves per league that I'm in like every year. Like I'm constantly cycling through guys. And for me, it's like, I don't want to have four guys on my bench that can maybe put up eight to 10 points. That does nothing for me. I don't ever feel good about playing, playing them. So like, to me, there's like no point in really saying like, all right, like, Hey, like, let me keep this guy on my bench. So for me, like, I don't like what's happening with JT right now. um, But I will say that he is worth the risk. Yes, he's coming off of this unknown injury that we don't really know what's happening. He could very well get traded to Miami and then be like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, just messing with you guys. Like, who knows? Um, But I wouldn't touch him really until like the seventh round, I think, is the earliest that I would consider taking him, um, which is pretty much in line at this point with the ADP. I think it continues to slide a little bit. But that seventh, eighth round, it's like, all right, like, you know that you're not necessarily getting him back for at least a few weeks. But if you can plug him into your lineup in three or four weeks by round seven, realistically, you're going to have like your two starters in both um, the running back and wide receiver room and a flex, maybe a tight end, maybe an additional bench player. 
And it's like, to me, the people that you're picking in the seventh, eighth round for running backs, it's like, there's a lot of unprovenness guys that could do well, maybe like the Rashad whites, the, um, the James cooks of the world, but it's like healthy to healthy. You're going to take the proven talent of Jonathan Taylor every time. Um, if you're, if you're looking for somebody like to me, like I wouldn't say like, Oh, I have one running back. Let me take JT and then try to figure out a starter to replace him. It's almost like a luxury pick after I kind of have like my dogs for the year to say, all right, go get yourself healthy. I'm going to need you for the playoff push. Uh, So that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. I want to add one more thing too. If if, I I don't have an issue with that um, draft strategy, I've, I've been sitting there in round seven and I've, been thinking about it it's it's really going to depend for yeah. me who is there at that point that i feel that i could feel better about um if i do pull the trigger like i said i have two more drafts uh this week before we go into week one if i pull the trigger on him one thing i'm going to do is i'm a hundred percent more so than ever drafting my handcuff because if if you lose one of your dogs early though you're like i think there's a real possibility we're not seeing him until like november like end of he might not even play this season. Right. I, I think that there's a like if there's a better chance to me that he doesn't play than there is that he plays early enough for me to really care. Let me ask you something. Who do you think comes back first, Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor? Cooper Cup, because I, I think that I could see him like getting forced back onto the field. To be honest with you, because I, I like I don't think that the like the Rams are not a good team in my opinion. Like their roster, like I can't even name five defensive players right now. Like I just that's how bad their defense is right now. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that they still have, for whatever reason, aspirations that they could be a playoff team because the NFC is so poor. And I think Sean McVay is going to get him back on the field earlier, especially because if they do, you know, fumble the beginning of the season, they're just going to bench him the rest of the way anyways. Just like we saw last year when he got hurt, they decided to shut him down. Yeah. Um, I think the best case scenario for Cooper Cup at this point is if he comes back, um, they find whatever they can to, you know, keep him on the field. And then he ends up getting dealt at the trade deadline to be honest, because I think sure. that his back half, his back half with the Rams is going to be just as bad as the front because they're going to be a bad team, in my opinion. Yeah, cool. All right, before we transition into our only fantasy picks of the year, uh, we had Francisco come in with a question. <laughs> uh, Francisco, thanks for watching the show. Uh, would you trade Debo and Walker, I'm assuming Kenneth, um, for Hill in a PPR league? I'm trying to get him to take Debo and Dobbins instead. Yes. Agree. I don't think there's a lot to be said. I mean, Tyreek Hill is a dog. He's pushing for 2,000 yards receiving this year. I honestly am pretty low on Debo Samuel this year. I think that two years ago was an anomaly. I'd feel a lot better about Debo Samuel if they didn't trade for Christian McCaffrey, but I think they have a redundant role on the offense. And I think this is the year that Brandon Ayuk finally outclasses Debo from like a pure wide receiver scenario. Um, So I think the one benefit that you do have potentially, and you talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, George Kittle may be a little bit banged up. Um, mm-hmm. So that eliminates kind of like some competition for targets. But we won. We don't know how Brock Purdy is going to do coming back from the Tommy John. We don't know how this offense is really going to operate with a full offseason with Christian McCaffrey. Um, so for me, if you can get Debo and Walker for Hill, that's a smash. Um, if you can get Debo for Dobbins, or if you can get Debo and Dobbins to get traded to me, I mean, do you have a preference between uh, Ken Walker III and uh, J.K. Dobbins? To me, they're very similar. I don't really feel strongly right. about one or the other. But Yeah, it- I think that Charbonnet is going to have a role. Um, I, I think it's going to be more – it could be Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, you know, workload-wise. I think that Charbonnet is going to get more touches than people want to believe. 
Um, they, they spent a second round pick on him. So I, I've been fading him in all my drafts. I, I do not have any Walker shares. Um, I've been out on Debo for a while because I, I just think that their team's too good. I, I think that it's just going to be one of those scenarios that you're going to put him in your lineup every week. And he could be, he could be Tyler Lockett, honestly. Like you could get a 30 point week and then you might get like a five point week from him. You're not going to yeah. know because they just have so many guys. And you know that, you know how I am with Tyler Lockett. Like the, he's a great player, but like I just don't like having guys in my lineup that are boomer bust. Like to that. Great extent. for best ball, though. Great for yeah, best like, ball. Yeah, like exactly. Like I, I agree with that. If you could get Tyreek Hill, I would. If he takes, if he wants Walker and Debo, I do it. If you can somehow talk him into Dobbins, I do it. You know, I, yeah. I just, if you could get Tyreek Hill for those guys, just do it. Like, it I, and it I, is interesting. I know Zach had mentioned this to me during the draft period that like they took Charbonnet because they were worried about like Ken Walker's ability to stay healthy and that there was more than like what's being talked about on the surface. Like a lot of like the beat reporters for Seattle were saying, hey, like, there's a lot more smoke to why this draft pick was made and not just like Seattle doing wild stuff. Cause you've seen in the last couple of years, Seattle has kind of been kind of all over the place. Like with their drafts last season, I mean, absolutely nailed it season before didn't really work out as good. And prior to that, like they never really had like a lot of picks like worth the shit worth of anything. Yeah. Do you want a hot take? Hit me with it. What if Kenneth Walker isn't as good as everybody thinks? If you watch him last year, okay. The dude will be like, it's midway through the fourth quarter. He has like six fantasy points. Next thing you know, he bumps off a 70 yard touchdown. I, mean, I think that if you look at it, well, the thing is though, like you can't count on those explosive plays to happen all the time. I, I think that they have some skeptic skepticism about him being the back that won the rookie of the year. Like I, I, I honestly sure. think that way. Um, I think that he's a, I think he's a good player. I do. Um, but I do think if you really broke it down and looked at his stats last year, if you took away half of those explosive runs, think about where he actually would be in terms of like his ADP right now. Yeah. But I mean, like, I feel like you can't just get rid of the explosive plays. I get what you're saying where it was like, all right. Like if you look at say um, like expected fantasy points per game, like he averaged like 20th. Um, If you look at like his efficiency, like his yards per carry, like he was in the thirties. Um, but like his ability for breakaway runs, he had the third most like breakaway runs on the season, according to player profiler. Um, so he adds a lot of points because of that ability to hit the home run where it's like, is it a trend and he can consistently do that? Right. Or, and, and it's hard to know after a rookie year, you kind of have to bet on it a little bit. Um, but I, I think the benefit that he has in being in Seattle because they have so many weapons from the receiving group. Yeah, they don't have a lot of people in the box. So it gives him the ability to get to the right. second level. He only right. averaged six and a half defenders in the box. And if you have a guy that can be that home run dude, like he's yeah. in the perfect offense for it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll take it. But to your point, number four in the league last year in stuffed runs. Yeah, I just, I just don't know if you can just count on him to be that way all the time. Sure. That's all. No, no, definitely. And I think this year will be very telling very quick to see like what that looks like. So cool. All right. One more question that we had. Um, honest opinion on Cooper Cup. How long do you think he'll be out? I know you touched on this a little bit. Um, what are you thinking? Like three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, 10 years, he's going to retire. Um, it's really difficult to answer that, to be honest. I, I'm, I wish that we were doing this show Friday. You know, because like, what if there's a real scenario we come out 
we wake up Friday or Saturday morning and he was placed on IR. Like, I, I think that there's a, I think there's a possibility there. Cause the fact that he, the fact that he spent as long as he has in Minnesota, um, the fact that he had a setback so close to the season, I don't know. I, I could see him going on IR. I could see him playing week two. Cause like, there's just not enough information out there to be honest. It's just, we're going off of like clues and the best clue you have right now is that he's not with the team. Yeah. No, I feel that for sure. And I I think kind of what we were saying earlier about the Rams, like they want you to get healthy, then they need you to get game ready. And like, he didn't really get a lot of tread in camp before this kind of popped up. So I think like he would need to almost be cleared like this week to be ready for week two. Like, I don't think he's just going to show up on Friday practice and get out there. Like, I think they're going to take their time with it because the Rams are pretty bullish about how they feel about themselves. And I don't think that they think they're as bad as everyone else thinks that they are. So I would say the earliest that we're going to see him back is week three. Um, let me take a look at their schedule. Do you know what their buy is off the top of your head? No. All right. I no worries. Um, While you look at that, we can talk. They about have it. their bye week is until week 10. So I'm going to say that I predict that he comes back like week four. <laughs> I, I think that there's a real shot that he ends up on IR. I do like season IR or just like, well, at this point, if he's, isn't, if he placed on IR, he's, he's designated to return after week four. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I think that that's, I think that's a, I think that's a likely scenario. And I would say that that's greater than 50%. Cool. Sweet. All right. So uh, another question in the chat, uh, can you help me out? Choose one option out of these three Bijan cup or Bijan Saquon or CMC. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Um, Jaden, welcome to the show. I'm not sure if I necessarily understand, yeah. um, but if I have to pick one thing out of these four, I guess. I guess the vibes that maybe he's he's drafting tonight and maybe he knows like, like a strategy he wants to go. Yeah, it's really the slashes are kind of throwing me out. Oh, 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 okay. I'm reading this wrong. Okay, I'm sorry. I just can't read. So it's, would you rather have Bijan and Cup, Bijan and Saquon, or CMC and Amon Ra? Okay, yeah, now I'm tracking. That's a, that's a me problem. Yeah. Um, I'm taking CMC and Amon Ra if it's me. Um, give me the best running back in the league. Give me a guy that I think doesn't really have a lot of target competition right now. We were talking before the show. Sam Laporta could be a week one, like really good option at tight end because Jameson Williams is suspended. Um, they have like a Marvin Jones Jr. who somehow always shows up and has like a random good week, like every you play season. Him on th- you play him on Thanksgiving. That's right, exactly. Um, but give me the best player always. Uh, the cup one, definitely out for me. Um, I really like Bijan. I think he's going to be a top five running back. Um, but Saquon, it's like I would rather take CMC over any of those two. And in any situation like this, always give me the best player. Um, so I would pick the third option there. I would pick the third option, but I wouldn't pick CMC because you know, you know my my feelings for CMC. I'm always worried about him injury prone. Sure, uh, sure, sure. But I, it, I'm not going to go the injury route with CMC. I do think that Elijah Mitchell is going to have a bigger role than people want to admit. Um, yeah, I think that this could be a 60-40, um, maybe both of them on the field at the same time type of scenario where CMC's running routes. Um, I, I have a lot of Elijah Mitchell shares because I do think that he's going to have enough of a role that if I have to throw him in on bye week villain, I could. 
Um, I think Saquon obviously is in a contract year looking to get paid. His talent is undeniable. I would go Saquon and I'm a huge sun God fan. Um, I, he's not my only fantasy not to, you know, spoil that. Um, but he was someone I considered cause I want him on every single league that I, every single team I have, and I have 13 of them. I want him on all of them. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely go Saquon and I would, with with Amon Ra, yeah, the Sun God. Yeah, because I think the the thing for me about this scenario is in a ten team PPR, I want high volume pass catchers. Having two good running backs in a ten team PPR league, like you're going to get slaughtered by people that go wide receiver early because there's going to be more depth at running back. So to mm-hmm. me, it's like if Cup was healthy, the Bijan Cup play very straightforward. Um, but with it not, give me one of the receivers off the board early if I can. Um, because if you try to play catch up with that, it, I feel like it's going to be a lot easier to find a serviceable running back than find, cause you know, it's going to be three flexes. Like you're going to two receivers and a flex always going to be a receiver too. Um, this, is, so, this has been the best year. I think that I can think of where it's been the best to do hero running back or zero RB. Like there's yeah. just so many running backs deep that I like, like Javante, James Connor, um, Rashad white, which I'm getting a little iffy on now with the Sean Tucker stuff. Um, but there's, there's so many options late that I, that I like. And, and I do prefer the hero. Cause I, I mean, Gabe Davis is going as wide receiver 42 and yeah, yeah. We'll gladly take that any day. Sweet. All right. So let's, let's bang out a couple more comments. Then we'll get to our only fantasies <laughs> for the year. Uh, Francisco had mentioned that like, this is what his team's looking like. So looks pretty strong. Um, I would caution you on the Evan Ingram. I think that they've added Calvin Ridley, so he's not going to get the targets that he's commanding last year. Um, so just be on the lookout for that. Um, don't worry about your bench being bad. Um, that's what you got to work the waivers for. Come check us out. We can help you get there, but definitely a uh, great start. Um, transit, transitioning over to Tyler, um, what are the vibes on Sam Howell, QB2 in our Dynasty League? Um, so I guess I can start with that one. I think that um, – oh, man, did you ban Zach? No, I, I just put him in timeout. He'll come back shortly. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, so Sam Howell, um, if you think back two years ago before the uh, the picket draft, going into that season, um, Sam Howell was considered to be like QB1 of that draft class. Um, he didn't have a great year at UNC. Some people said it was like an issue with the receivers, the team, whatever. Also battled through injury, but um, he was pretty highly touted like going into that season. Him and Ritter were really supposed to be like the guys for that year. Didn't really pan out that way, Um, but he had a decent game when he started last year. Um, And I think that he has like a lot of good offensive tools. I mean, you lost a little bit with Terry McLaurin. Um, You obviously have Jahan Dotson. You still have Curtis Samuel. You still have absolute dog Brian Robinson. You still have Antonio Gibson. Um, so there's a lot of different weapons. They brought in Eric Bieniemy to be the offensive coordinator. So I like Sam Howell. I don't think in a redraft scenario, he's somebody that needs to be drafted, but I do think that he's going to be a serviceable QB two in like a super flex league or something like that. Mm. Um, it'll be curious to see how much he actually runs the ball um, because that's something that people talk about a lot. Like he's willing to run, but he's not like necessarily a fast guy. Um, but I think with the offense that he's in, there should be like a serviceable floor for that. And um, yeah, I, I think you should feel comfortable, Tyler. And if not, you can trade him to me for peanuts. So it's yeah, fun. I, I like him. Um, he actually has more rushing yards in a season than Anthony Richardson in college. And people don't realize that. Yeah. So like he, he's capable. Um, 
I think as a QB two, I mean, I I like him. I have no reserves about that at all. Val's the goat. Um, how do you feel about Travis Etienne this year? These are some good questions, honestly, because they're they're all naming the guys that I like. I'm worried about. Um, <laughs> Is that good or bad? Because I I think that Tank Bigsby's a good player, right? I mean, you have to be. Your name's Tank. Like that just instantly yeah. gives you like a plus ten year overall in Madden. Right, and Doug Peterson likes to use multiple running backs. He did it in Philly, and I think that he's going to do it now. He he tried to do it with James Robinson before his body just gave out on him. You know, I I think that Tank Bigsby's going to have a role. Um, I do I do still like ETN because I think that like Kenneth Walker, he has that big playability, and it's it's something that's evident. He was a world uh, world you know, top track star. Um, the dude can really run. Um, I think that he has a more consistent usage than tank but i i'm worried about his touchdown upside um with tank i think that he's going to take a lot of the goal line work um so i i'm still in on him but you might want to you know you might get a little mad when he's getting vultured yeah i mean the thing with etn though is that the all the signs are pointing to jacksonville having like an elite offense this is going to be the true breakout year for trevor lawrence and to me it's like if he's going to be the lead back in that situation, I don't think that he's necessarily going to be a bell cow for the team, but I do think that he's set up really nicely for a good season. Um, yeah. So if you look at kind of like the tier of running backs that he's in, it's kind of like that third, fourth, fifth round kind of like group of like Joe Mixon, Ramondre Stevenson, Jameer Gibbs, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones. Um, that's kind of where he falls in. Brees Hall as well you could throw in there. Um, yeah. I would say I'm probably higher than most on Travis Etienne. I think the talent's there two years away from like the big foot injury that kind of kept him out for his like quote unquote rookie year. Um, absolutely electric at Clemson. Um, and ultimately he played with Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. So, you know, that like Trevor has incentive, like as his boy to kind of beat him. Um, and I, I think he's going to be just fine. He's not somebody that I'm going to reach for in a draft, but if he ends up on my team or if there's a position where I can take him, um, I, I definitely like him in that kind of fourth, fifth round sort of spot. I like him at the top of that tier. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So uh, just some more content from Val's. Um, so uh, Mahomes, ETN, Montgomery, Chase, Watson, Hawkinson, Lockett, JS Center. Um, Rob, the RBs are trash. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Montgomery is ultimately going to get a little bit more tread than people think. If you look at like the Jamal Williams role last year, um, like very fantasy relevant, touchdown dependent, but very much between the tackles guy. Montgomery is not old. Like he's a running back getting a second contract. He performed well in Chicago um, really in the back half of fantasy football seasons. It was like, he kind of struggled out the gate. And then by the end of the season would really turn things on. Um, and I, I think he's going to be more than fine. I think you're going to want to look to upgrade at the running back position at some point or another. But I think like early on, like you're going to get more than enough work from the both of them for to kind of be suitable um, and your wide receiver situation is definitely going to be able to carry you. So from like a no, this looks like very much like a zero running back sort of strategy. Um, I don't think that this is a bad outcome for that, for what you got. So um, I don't hate it. I probably would have taken someone else other than Mahomes to kind of better beef that up in the draft, but it's already happened. Can't change it now. So just be on the hunt for players that you can, uh, that you can kind of pick up on. So, yeah. And welcome to the show. Yeah. I I just want to give him a little bit of optimism. I, I think that the Lions um, are one of the few teams in the NFL that you can actually count on to have two viable fantasy running backs. They sure. last year with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. It's just that 
the issue you're going to have is that I think David Montgomery's going to be touchdown dependent. Sure. Um, you to get a boom week out of him, but he's, he's going to get enough volume that he'll be able to hold you afloat as your RB2. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, the other thing that's interesting about Detroit, 12 games played in a dome this season leads the league. Cool. All right. So, um, Zach made it back. So props for him. Props to you getting a Mike T shout out. Might have to shave your hair next. But before we get any more comments, let's dive into our only fantasy segment of this show. So if you have not watched the show before, every week we pick our one guy. So if you got one pick on who's going to kind of exceed the expectations relative to maybe uh, kind of the consensus rankings or just like somebody have a really good feeling on, um, we pick that one person. Uh, we're also going to post these online. So if you have your one person, let us know. Um, and we'll give you a shout out if you kind of nail that pick. Um, I am notoriously the worst at this by far um, of our group. Um, Drew was pretty good with uh, Justin Fields and that like terror of like 40 point weeks from him. Um, so we're going to start Drew. Um, who, before we get into week one, like who is your guy for the year? Like who do you think is really going to kind of shine for the season? We heard Zach say, um, in his brief little cameo that he's taking Garrett Wilson um, from the inside intel that I know. We've all chosen receivers for this year. Um, but where are you looking, man? Who's your guy? Yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to give some information about him and kind of keep it a little discreet, and then I'll, I'll lay it on you and see if anybody can guess. So the guy I went with, um, I'm basically the opposite end of the entire fantasy football industry. Um, I love the guy. Most of the industry is out on him. And I understand the reason why he's so heavily criticized within the community. Um, the team that he's playing for now, they only threw the ball 22 times a game. That ranked 32nd in the league. If you are keeping track, that is last, unfortunately. Um, yeah. The guy, though, I just think that he's extremely talented. Like, I, when you look at this dude, he, he played in Carolina with a lot of bad quarterbacks over the years, and he's always been a viable option. And the main thing for DJ Moore is that he gets a lot of high percentage throws. And I think that he, let's say they only throw 22 times a game. I think that his target share is going to be so massive because I just think that he's such a good player. And I do expect Justin Fields that you mentioned to take a jump. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to be throwing 22 times a game, to be honest, anymore. I, I think that they're going to be up higher. I, I still think that they're probably going to be middle of the pack. Um, but DJ Moore is my guy. And, I'm drafting him in every single league, every single league. I have dynasty leagues where I don't have them. And I've just been sending trade offer after trade offer after trade offer. I've acquired them in some, but not all. I'm going to continue to do so. He's going as wide receiver 23 and he's going 60th overall near the sixth round. I've been drafting him as my flex. I, I just think the dude is a hell of a player. I think the bears are going to take a jump. The NFC is weak. I think that they're going to be in a lot of competitive games. I think they're a score a lot. And I think that DJ Moore is going to, do better than his ADP. And I think that he has the shot to be a top 10 wide receiver this year based on his talent. And I think that his target share is going to be pretty significant. I love it. Cool, man. Yeah. I like the pick. Um, I don't have too many shares of him, but I think it's just been more of a reflection with uh, like where my draft position is being in the back half of the, the drafts and a lot of the ones I've done so far. Um, but I agree. I get a lot of feelings similar to AJ Brown last year where it was like, Oh, like he couldn't separate. He was going to struggle now that he's not like getting force fed like he was in Tennessee. And then boom, like great season. Um, and that was with the question marks of can Jalen hurts throw the ball and get it to him. 
Um, so I, I, I definitely like that pick. Um, before I share mine, um, we had a couple of questions here. Um, another one from Val's the Goat. Not sure if I'm necessarily tracking this one. Um, have you ever seen someone be projected one and end up being very bad? Um, I know from personal experience, um, I was a big David Johnson truther for a while and would always go for him in auction leagues. And then like he had like the wrist injury that missed the whole year, the year after kind of like burned him. CMC, I think, what was the stat last year? We played like three games in like four years or three years or something like that. Um, so yeah, it is definitely possible that somebody in the early rounds is going to bust. Um, all you can really do is just, just because you drafted that person doesn't mean you need to ride out with them. Um, if you can get like a good deal or if you're getting a bad vibe from something, you're always going to have more regrets not controlling your team and doing something and being like, oh, like it panned out. Ultimately, um, you're going to regret it more if you held on to them and said, oh, I wish I would have did something. So it's obviously supposed to be something that's fun. Have fun with it. And uh, yeah, it is potential. There's going to be people that don't meet expectations every year. It's just part of the sport. Honestly, like I feel like the top pick, like the consensus number one overall pick, more often than not, ended up being very bad. Um, Jonathan Taylor last year. Um, Jonathan Taylor, CMC, a couple Saquon. years in a row. Saquon. Saquon yep. The year he was consensus number one. This is a Justin Jefferson question. Um, I'm still drafting him, though. Oh, yeah. Jetta's all day, man. You can't not um, – can't live in your fears. So, we'll see. All right. Moving to Kenny Stage Frill. Welcome to the show, Kenny. Um, start one full PPR, Drake, London, Rashad, white, Isaiah Pacheco. I'm already starting Bijan. So should I shy away from London? Um, to answer your question? No, don't shy away from Drake, London, number one wide receiver on the team. Um, I personally would play him over white and Pacheco, not really big in full PPR scenarios, starting a running back in that situation. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> Hold on, I I just gotta pivot this real quick. I'm sorry. Um, guy on the left looks like George Kittle. Guy on the right looks like Josh Allen. I've heard that the Kittle one a lot. Drew looking like Josh Allen. <laughs> Josh Allen kills me. That one is hilarious. I don't see that at all. But the the Kittle thing I've heard once or twice before. But I'm crying, <laughs> absolutely crying at that. That's friggin' hilarious. I, I honestly, it. I take that as a compliment. To be honest, like. Yeah. And if Zach can throw me on that Moe's meme of him running out of dunk, <laughs> I'd be very happy. So back to the topic at hand. Um, so Drake London, number one receiver on the team. Um, he's looked really good in camp and has been pretty much uncoverable. Um, the other thing that we talked about before the show that we didn't actually bring up today was that um, their head coach has been talking about how they want to use Kyle Pitts, and he's like a good all-around athlete. It looks like he's going to be more of an inline blocker. The only other person that they have on their team that might be able to catch besides Bijan is Mac Hollins, which doesn't really excite me at all. Should. The dude is the dude shredded. He is shredded. Don't but say a bad thing about him. I won't. He'll probably beat me up and my mom. He said. But I'm I'm starting Drake London out of those three. I think Tampa Bay is potentially going to be horrible. Um, Pacheco, we don't really know what's going to happen with that offense. And you know that Jarek McKinnon's also kind of like vulturing there in that backfield. So to me, Drake London, hands down, easy call. Rashad White's my start. Um, I'm Ooh. particularly high on Rashad White this year. I think that he's going to lead the team in targets some weeks. I really do. I think that they're going to be down and they're just going to be Baker Mayfield dump offs. We saw what Baker did to Odell Beckham when he was in his prime in Cleveland. The dude does not get the ball to his receivers. Yeah, um, I think he led the league in like, 
passes to the running back like when he was playing yes. last season. So yes, and I'm very in on Rashad White. I think that he could get eight targets a game some weeks if they're down big. I I just dump off City to me. Um, I'm I'm big on Rashad White this year. I I actually like him better than Drake London. Um, I do get the the vibes there with Drake London being the number one, but I, I do want to see some more out of Desmond Ritter um, before sure. I feel comfortable with Drake London. And you're already starting two Falcons. Let's mix it up. I had a Falcons jersey as a kid, so I feel like I got to have a little bit of love, but cool. All right. Uh, we did have one more question here before we jump back into my only fantasy for the year. Um, I'm Amon, Ra, T, and Ridley, but I also have Cup. Should I trade him for Hertz and DJ Moore? My QB is Deshaun Watson. If someone will give you DJ Moore and Jalen Hurts for Cooper Cup right now, you should be kissing their feet, and I would smash accept. Yeah, I wouldn't kiss their feet. I think that's kind of weird. Not really my thing, but I'm I don't. Not I don't kink shame. I don't kink shame. You got to so. give them extra. You got to do something for them. Like the dude's getting essentially nothing right now. That's it's that it's that deal right now. I'll take Jalen Hurts and DJ Moore. Haha, ha, you can have nothing. Type of thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's a smash deal for me for sure. Cool. All right. So transitioning back to our only fantasy, um, <laughs> the guy that I picked for this year. Um, he's been a favorite player of mine, specifically in fantasy for a long time. Um, absolute PPR dog. Um, so I'm not going to do the whole stats thing and all that because um, I'm not usually as prepared as Drew. Um, but my guy is Keenan Allen for the year. Um, he has a history of having these lingering lower body, like soft tissue injuries, which I know shies people away. Um, but if we look at like the 10 games that he played last year in weeks 11 through 18, Keenan Allen was the number one, number four wide receiver in fantasy points per game. Um, he was 15th in target share, 19th in air yard share, and he ran uh, 2.24 yards per route run. Um, and this was the highest like yards per route run that he's had since 2018. So I know that there's been some conversation about like his ability to separate is starting to slow down a little bit. Um, his like openness statistics maybe aren't as there. Um, but why I also like Keenan Allen, one, you're kind of getting a wide receiver one at a discount, is that the fact that Justin Herbert was hurt last year and really wasn't himself. I think that he comes back really strong. I know they spent high draft capital on Quentin Johnson, um, but at the end of the day, I think Keenan Allen still is going to be their number one guy. I think that Justin Herbert's prime for a really big year. Um, and I think that Keenan Allen definitely has like, even though he is 30 now, he still has that top 15, top 10 potential for it. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a popular pick, um, but when I looked at the teams that I've drafted so far, Keenan Allen is finding his way on my team every time. How are we grading these? Then are we just trying to, you know, do better than our ADP? I mean, I just want to have something cool that I can post on the internet and say, I told you so at the end of the year. So grade it how you want. Okay. All right. So before we get into our only fantasy specifically for week one, uh, we had a question from dirty Harry. Uh, would you guys start Miles Sanders against Atlanta or Jamal Williams against Tennessee this week? Half PPR, tough call. That's not a tough call for me. No? Who are you thinking? Look at my DFS lineup. I, I'm all in a Jamal Williams this week. Um, I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries. I think he's going to score a touchdown. Um, obviously, Kamara is suspended. And uh, their rookie, all of a sudden, is just blanking in my name. Uh, Condre Miller. Um He's been dealing with a shoulder injury most of the camp, so I don't know if he's ready to go for week one. I think Jamal Williams is going to be the guy. 
Okay. Do you have any concerns? I mean, uh, Tennessee is pretty stout run defense. Do you not worry about that matchup at all? Um, just like the pure volume of it? I, I think volume is king. Um, I, I think that Jamal Williams is going to get enough that it's just going to work itself out. I, I, To me, if you're going to sit here and ask me who's going to score a touchdown this week, I feel more comfortable Jamal Williams is going to get in the end zone than I do with Miles Sanders. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, to me, it's more of a coin flip. I don't feel too strongly about either one. Um, I think that uh, Carolina is going to have like a much closer game than I think like the the New Orleans-Tennessee game. I think that one's going to be pretty messy. Um, but I do think that New Orleans does win that game. Um, so with that in mind, uh, the Atlanta game is a bit of a toss-up. We know that Jamal Williams is the only option. So I agree with you, Drew. Um, I would also take Jamal Williams um, in that matchup. Um, back to the question on the Cooper Cup deal. Um, do we want to do it? Um, yes. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things, like if you feel like cup's going to come back, then obviously it's a hold. I don't have that confidence in him. Um, and also like statistically the soft tissue injuries tend to carry through the season. Um, so for me, it's like the reason why I'm making the trade is not so much a reflection of how I feel about cup, but you're not going to get as good of a deal later if he doesn't come back. So to me, it's kind of like, you're not selling that low to get a top three QB and a wide receiver who's going to be more than serviceable. Obviously Drew's very high on DJ Moore, so that's going to boost the trade value even more. Ha ha ha. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I, I think it's a huge upgrade for your quarterback situation. I don't have a lot of confidence in Watson at all. I think he sucks. I think it's really hard to come back like after missing like a year or two of football, which is why I'm out on Calvin Ridley this year. Um, which is kind of against the consensus. Um, but uh, to me, it's like, yeah, like you got to just make that gut call. My gut says I'd make the deal. If yours doesn't, um, we're just random guys to talk on the internet. So, um, yeah. And my gut didn't even have a chance to, you know, decide. Like I, as soon as I saw it, I would have been, I would have clicked yes. I, and to his point, I, I just love DJ more this year. I, I think that there's a scenario if Fields takes a significant leap where maybe DJ Moore could outscore Cooper Cup this year. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so uh, let's do a little draft review here. Um, so uh, Nick, welcome to the show. Um, first time drafter in fantasy football. Welcome to the sickness. Um, so Bijan, Garrett Wilson, Josh Allen, Damian Pierce, Brees Hall, David Njoku, Mike Williams, Jahan Dotson, Dallas defense, Young Wei Ku, Rashad Bateman, Penny, um, Musgrave, Jeff Wilson, Roshan Johnson. Do you think that's a fine draft to not lose the league? 14 team. I'm assuming some sort of PPR there. Um, there is some good bones here. I think that the David Njoku pick was definitely a reach in the fifth round. It's probably my least favorite pick that you have. Um, looking at the players that you've drafted in the first seven or eight rounds there, love Bijan, love Garrett Wilson, Josh Allen. I'm not really a QB early kind of player, but you picked a good one. He's been consistently a top two quarterback in fantasy for the last three years Damian Pierce is going to eat Brees Hall a little bit of a question mark but in a 14 team league those are the kind of risks that you're gonna to have to take to win the league and he's also uh, your third running back so I feel pretty strongly about that um, Mike Will kind of indifferent about it but elite offense can he stay on the field um, to me I'm, I'm good with that pick um, Jahan Dotson um, really well done especially with the injury to uh, Terry McLaurin um, we're probably going to talk about Jahan Dotson a little bit here very soon. Um, but I think especially early um, that he's going to do pretty well. Dallas defense, obviously studly. Kickers, we're not going to talk about. 
Um, but let's talk about the back half of this draft, right? So Rashad Bateman, we don't really know what's going to happen in Baltimore. I would assume that Mark Andrews is going to be the number one target getter on the team. Rashad Bateman has a very real chance at being the second most target getter on the team. They have Zay Williams, who could be that guy. I don't think OJ uh, Odell Beckham Jr. becomes that guy. So that's a nice lottery ticket. Rashad Penny, depending on how you feel about DeAndre Swift, very much could be in a lead back situation. Not a bad handcuff to have, um, but I don't think that we necessarily know enough about that team to know how he's going to be used. But in round 11, don't have any qualms with it. Um, Musgrave, um, there's not a lot of options for Green Bay, so I like that pick. Lottery ticket for Jeff Wilson in Miami. FYI, he's hurt, um, and I love Roshan. So I think he did pretty good. I don't know if this is a league-winning team, um, but you're definitely not going to be in the basement. Um, if I'm looking at ways that I can upgrade, it's definitely going to be in the, um, the receiver room as well as the tight end room. Um, but I think there's a lot of good bones here. Uh, Drew, anything else that you're looking to add? Yeah, you you covered a lot of it, but I, I'll add a little bit here. Um, looking at this team, I'll be honest with you, until about round five, it looked like I drafted it for you. Um, I love <laughs> all of these guys. I have several redraft leagues that it looks a lot like this, to be honest. Um, I'm usually not a QB early, but this year I've been heavy QB early because I just – once I get past fields, I'm not as comfortable with any of those sure. quarterbacks. And that's my top five. So I'm looking at Mahomes, Hertz, Allen, Fields, and Herbert, and Burrow. Um, after those guys, I don't really feel comfortable with a lot of the other quarterbacks because I think the other ones are just like, let's, we're hoping that they take a next step kind of thing. Like Trevor Lawrence, we're expecting him to take the next step, but what if he doesn't? I feel better about those guys in terms of fantasy. So I, I, I like actually taking Josh Allen early this year. Um, Damian Pierce, you know how I feel about Damian Pierce. That's been my guy all last year. I've, I've been a huge fan of him. I basically gave up a kidney in Dynasty to get him. <laughs> um, I, I also think that he's going to get more work in the passing game this year. They've been they've actually been lining him outside, and I, I saw some fade routes to him, which I was shocked by. I don't know if yeah. you saw the clip of him catching a touchdown in the corner. Like it's, it's just not something you think from Damian Pierce that you get. Yeah. Um, and Jahan Dotson, uh, you obviously alluded to that already. I'm a big fan of Jahan Dotson. We'll talk about that more then. Um, I think he's going to have a big year. I think the only pick that I don't really like at the end is Rashad Bateman. I, I'm not really in on Rashad Bateman. Um, I know that the fantasy community is trying to still make him a thing. I think that there's so many people that have such high share counts of him that they're just trying to make it work. But I just don't see it with him. It's more of an injury aspect, not a player aspect. I, I think that they paid Odell Beckham for a reason. Um, yeah. But otherwise, I really like his starting lineup. So yeah. just keep working the waiver wire throughout the year, try to get some studs, look for a guy like Tajay Spears. Um, I'm a huge Roshan fan as well. I have a ton of shares of him. I, I think you're doing well. Um, and one more thing, I, I love the Luke Musgrave. I, I think that he's – I think at the end of the year, you could look at him as a top 10 tight end in fantasy for the season. I, I think that he – I think he's going to have a bigger uh, impact than most people are admitting. Something that I would consider doing as well, um, especially in a 14-team league, this is kind of shady business, but it's within the rules of the leagues that you're in. Um, so on Sleeper, it's configurable. And on Yahoo, you're actually able to um, you're able to drop players after they've played. Mm -hmm. um, so in larger leagues like this, I typically drop my kicker before the Thursday night game and pick up like a potential – like breakout player from the Thursday night game so that if somebody gets hurt, they're already on my team. And then if nothing happens, I just drop them and get a new kicker. So um, Nick, that might be a way that like you can kind of work the game because your waivers are going to be pretty cutthroat and 
it's going to be hard to kind of really build out your team outside of trading. Um, but that's kind of like a mechanism you can do to sort of get around that um, depending on who's playing in the Thursday game. So something to think about. But yeah, for your first draft, really well done. All right. So uh, next question we had. Start one, full PPR. Jahan Dotson, Michael Pittman, Michael Thomas, Jamal Williams, Jawan Johnson is my starting tight end. So I don't know if I should play two Saints players. Um, Drew, do you want to say on three who we're going to pick? Yeah. You can just say it. Jahan Dotson. Yeah, um, Jahan Dotson would be my pick too. But um, I'm just going to transition to it now. Yeah, let's um, do it. Drew, who is your uh, your only fantasy <laughs> pick for uh, for week one? My only fantasy for week one, the man that I am subscribing to, I'm putting all my cash in, is Jahan Dotson. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jahan Dotson this year. I think season long, I think that he possibly could be the top option in Washington. I, I feel that good about him. I love him as a player. Um, did you just cut me out? I, I did. I accidentally coughed and clicked on something. That's a, my bad. I just thought I, lo- I wasn't sure if I lost myself or not. Okay. No, yeah. no, no. That was that was a me. Producer issue. All right. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so Jahan Dotson, season long, I love him. Week one, I love him even more. So I didn't add him to our injury list, so I could just talk about him now. Terry McLaurin has been fighting turf toe since the begin- like the middle of August. He suffered that in the Raven game um, in the preseason. We don't really know if he's going to play. Um, so if he doesn't play, I love him even more. If he does play, I still love him because I just think that Dotson had the time to work with the, with the Hal throughout the preseason. He's been able to show what he's capable of. We already saw last year that he has a he has an act again in the end zone. Um, I just feel good about Jahan Dotson. He's my wide receiver 16, and the consensus on ESPN is wide receiver 33, and I'm well above consensus. I I feel good about him going into this week. And if you have him in your if you have him on your roster, I would have him in your lineup. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna ball out, and he looked fantastic in the preseason. Yes, um, him and Sam Howell were were cooking. Good deal. Um, so yeah, so Kenny, um, I know for me personally, I don't really worry about playing two people from the same team unless they're both in the same position. Um, but otherwise, it's like they're not gonna eat into each other all that much. Um, if 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 you're anticipating the game to be low scoring, though, I typically will try to avoid having guys on the same team. But if you think that it's going to be high scoring, you, you can smash that stack. Um, you know, but in this case, I probably would stick with Dotson. Yeah. Let me see what that over under is for week one. Um, so they're playing the Cardinals to me. That's like they're, they should win that game pretty oh, easily. Yeah, that, that was part of my point. I think that the Cardinals are the worst team in football. I think they're going to have the worst defense in football. Um, more to love about Dotson. Yeah. So, um, no, yeah, for sure. Nothing, nothing more to say. Sweet, man. All right. So, um, sticking on the theme of receivers, um, my only fantasy for this week, uh, is Christian Watson. Um, so I don't think it's as much of an extreme. I have him as my wide receiver 14 this week. Um, looking at the consensus ratings in full PPR, um, he's listed as wide receiver 23. Um, I think he has a really nice matchup against green Bay. Um, I expect there not to be a ton of defense in this game. Um, and he's really the only player that has elevated himself on the uh, the, the Green Bay uh, kind of like receiving core. They don't really have a lot of options. I know you were just talking about Musgrave as like a potential like rookie tight end, like breakout, I guess, in a sense, which typically doesn't happen. Um, but I think Christian Watson is going to get force fed the ball a lot. Um, I think that he ultimately has a top 15 play this week. 
um, because there's a lot of players um, that have some tough matchups, like kind of in the upper echelons of things. And I think he's going to sneak in. Um, he's going to get past the uh, the issues that he had last year where he had the big drop on that first potential touchdown that he had. And I think he's going to start the year off hot. So uh, looking forward to that. All right. So um, the type in the chat now. I do like that. Nice. So we are answering questions. Um, DJ, we'll let you get that one back in. It looks like Chad has found his way back in. So what's up, Chad? Good to have you back for another year. Um, so Curtis Samuels, uh, do we have to worry about him? I don't think so. I think he's more of a gadget guy. Um, Drew, any thoughts about um... – I think he's just making a point that he likes to make a sudden reappearance like Toby Flenderson from time to time. I, I'm hoping. <laughs> I, I ultimately don't think Terry McLaurin's really ready. So if, even if he does play, I think he's going to be on a snap count. Um, I think Dodson's going to be the leading tar- target getter. Cool, man. Sounds good. All right. So um, what are some good trade targets for DK Metcalf and Marquise Brown? <sighs> hmm. Are we talking one for one? I would assume, like, if you're looking at, like, either one of those guys um, – Hollywood will be easier to acquire for sure. Um, I, I personally don't want anything to do with him. I, I liked him going into the season, but that was before they cut Colt McCoy. Um, I don't think you can trust Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon to get him the ball. So I would avoid him entirely. So we're looking at Metcalf. You can kind of take a look at who's going in his range, maybe a running back that you can yeah. get. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like For me, it's like, all right, like, if I'm trying to get rid of Metcalf and Marquise Brown, like who do I want to get back for that? Like it's so much for me dependent on the team. Like I don't think that you should just blindly trade for dudes just because you have these other guys. Um, I think with Marquise Brown, something to point out, like you said, like clear wide receiver one. um, And then you have like a scenario where the starting quarterback's not there. Um, Something that was interesting that actually happened today uh, was that Kyler Murray was named the team captain. Um, so that hints to the fact that he will be playing this year. Otherwise, they wouldn't have listed him as a captain. I love that. <clears throat> that that's huge. Yeah. So to me, it's like I would be looking to buy low on Marquise Brown if he starts off small. To me, it's like I'm not really in the business of trading before week one because then it's like, well, why were you drafting these people mm-hmm. that you didn't want? Um, for Metcalf, um, obviously some questions there. Um, he's – finished below Tyler Lockett like the last couple of years. Um, But from an overall perspective, I mean, you're looking at someone that's pretty comparable, Um, maybe like a Ramondre Stevenson. Um, You could look at maybe one of the higher QBs. If you're into the Calvin Ridley thing, I'm not personally, but um, whatever. Like to me, I think until you start seeing something, you either try to sell high on a big week um, or you're, uh, you're going from there. So um I don't know. Yeah, it's, to, it's too early to kind of make that call. Yeah, to your point, um, the dude drafted DK Metcalf because he wanted DK Metcalf. So you're going to have to give above value right now right. to acquire him. So you're probably better off just waiting a couple weeks. All right. So we didn't really talk about anything for DFS this week. Um, but who are you looking at potentially stacking this week for DFS? What's your lineup looking like? Yeah. So. I do a I do a DFS lineup each week on DraftKings. Um, if you're new to our show, and uh, this week it's kind of it's probably a surprise, honestly, the guys I'm looking to stack. So 
my my main stack for this week based on their matchup and I have to include my only fantasy within my my DFS lineup. That's the rule. It, so my main stack is Sam Howell and Jahan Dotson. Um, I have several DFS lineups already created that I'm going to stack both of those guys. I think that Sam Howell is going to offer more with his legs, and he's he's a 27th rank, so he's a lot cheaper. I, I like to go cheaper at quarterback in hopes that they hit. I think my best lineups I've ever had where I won the most money, I had Tyler Huntley stack with Mark Andrews. So I typically like to pay low on quarterback. Um, so Sam Howell and Jahan Dotson, those are going to be my main stacks this week. Nice. I like I it. I might look at the Miami Charger game as well because I do think that that's probably going to be the highest scoring game. That is the highest as far as um, over-under. Yeah. The, my thing is, though, they're going to be more expensive quarterbacks, and that's typically not the way I like to create my lineup. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we got DJ's <laughs> question. I'm looking for a little bit of help on the flex spot. So, DJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having you. Um Full team, 12 PPR. So we got Gino, Pollard, James Cook, Diggs, Hopkins, Andrews looking at flex. So Michael Thomas, Hollywood Brown, Raheem Mostert, Khalil Herbert. Hmm. Have the Cardinals named a starter for week one, do you know? I don't think no, they have. but they, there was optimism from – from the team that they do feel comfortable with Clayton Toon. Um, I I think that they're tanking, let's be honest. I, I think that it makes more sense to play Toon if you're tanking. You don't trust Tank Commander Josh Dobbs? If he can fly to space, why can't he fly you to Caleb Williams? I mean, what if Toon's good? You know, like, why not yeah, just yeah. be what he is? Like, Dobbs is just what he is. Like, we know what he is. So know. are you leaning Michael Thomas then? So is this – I'm trying to find the full thing in the message. It's right here from 530, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, full team. Well, you know how I feel about – Michael Thomas. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere near Michael Thomas. I, I think I think for me, I'm going with Raheem Mostert. Ooh. Okay. I, I prefer I, – I'll throw it out there and I can get all the, you know, all the smoke for it. I, I prefer Rashid Shahid to Michael Thomas pretty by, by a pretty large margin. I think that he fits Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr likes to throw it deep. I think Rashid Shahid, who had the highest catch percentage on deep balls last year, fits Derek Carr. And I think that he's going to be a thing this year. And you could look at all my dynasty leagues. He's in there. I think Rashid Shahid's your guy. Yeah, for me, it's going to be Hollywood Brown. I expect Arizona to be losing. I expect them to throw to him a lot. Um I don't think it's going to be pretty. I might not check his fantasy score until the fourth quarter, yeah. um, but I do think that he gets some play. Uh, regardless of who's at quarterback, I anticipate that they're going to be behind that game and have to play catch-up. I think that Hollywood Brown is going to be a garbage-time beast this season. Yeah, I, I don't see him getting the ball. I, I think there's going to be a lot of off-topic, uh, off-target throws. Um, what what separates Mostert for you? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, it's just the uncertainty with that offense um, in – the injury concerns of Mostert, like he's like Mr. Glass, like the game that right. he does play, like it's very much Michael Thomas-esque, like that was made by DJ, right? Like this may be the right. one time that I get to play him. Um, I do like Mostert this week. It's a high-scoring game. He is capable, like when he is on the field. Um, but I, it's just, I don't know. It's just, the gut feeling says play the number one receiver that doesn't have a lot of competition. Um, no Zach Ertz. Rondell Moore does nothing for me. I want to throw this in here because we're talking about it. So Mostert is my RB1 in DFS this week. 
for our lineup. Um, the, that's the thing with me. I, I think Mostert's the only back they have this week. I, I, A-Chain is still struggling with the shoulder. Um, you know, that Wilson already got placed on IR. I, I think that – I think it's going to be Mostert, and I think it's going to be a little bit of sprinkle of Savan Ahmed, and I think that Mostert's going to get too much volume to ignore. I, he, I threw him in my DFS lineup at running back first. Like, I was pretty quick on that. Yeah. Okay. So like that's a good. That's a good question. I, this dude's in all my DFS lineups. I like this. Nice, nice. All right. So, pivoting back to DJ, been trying to find trades for QB. Feel like I could lose Pollard. Was trying for Hertz, Lamar, Field with the rushing upside. If you're trading Pollard, you should be getting the top quarterback in the league every time. In my opinion, like Tony Pollard, you can get any quarterback. I would not recommend trading Tony Pollard for a quarterback. I think that's a bad decision. Um, I also think that quarterback is actually pretty deep this year. So to me, like, while it would be nice to go for the Hertz Lamar fields who have like the pedigree of being that rushing quarterback to me, it's who are the players that can break out that you can either get for free or for cheap and then kind of see where the cards fall. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go looking for a quarterback immediately after uh, the first week. I think you're going to end up either paying for somebody that might just be a flash in the pan or like, who knows what's going to happen. I think, it he's, was so he's concerned, I think, about Gino. Um, I am out on Gino for this year. He yeah. should have led the league in interceptions last year. I think he regresses a little bit, but yeah, um, but he was QB5 last year. Yeah, he was a lot of injuries, like, but he was also QB5 in total points. If you look at his points per yeah. game, there was a lot of times where he wasn't a QB1. It was kind right. of just like this cumulative, like, like, I don't feel great about it, but it's yeah, like, yeah. go ahead. No, I think, I think you're on to something there. I just – I don't think you trade Tony Pollard. I think that he has a better chance of being RB1 than he does of being RB20. Like, yeah. Like this – they they fired um, their OC, um, Kellen Moore. Um, yeah. And they made it a pretty impactful statement that they want to run the ball more, and there's no one there besides him. There's yeah. no – um, so you, you cannot trade Tony Pollard, in my opinion, no. I would be more inclined to trade one of your wide receivers. Um, Stefan Diggs, are you worried about Stefan Diggs at all? I know this sounds crazy, but like this, like there's smoke there, there's smoke. And when there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. Here's why I wouldn't, because if he goes to another team, unless he freezes his foot, like Antonio Brown, he's still Stefan Diggs. Right. But I don't think that he freezes his foot this year to be honest. I, I think that he's okay now, but are you worried that if they don't play well and then their division is deeper, right? Let's say that they lose some games and he starts to, you know, stomp yeah. his feet a little bit. Um, I don't think that he would go all AB until the offseason again, but there's there's some issues there that doesn't seem like the connection between him and Josh Allen or him and me are on the same page. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it could happen, but I think that they're still going to be a contender. I don't think that they have the ability to win the Super Bowl because they had to pay Josh Allen. And I don't think that Josh Allen is like Patrick Mahomes level of tier where I can command 30% of the salary right. cap and still make up for like the deficiencies in other areas of the team. Right. Josh Allen, so, great QB, but he's not right. Patrick Mahomes. I want to make it clear that I wasn't saying trades to fun digs. I just saw his name and it popped. Yeah. Up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um Getting back to this question real quick, real here, um, with the Geno solid starter, I would say no. Um, yeah. If you want to talk about players that you potentially want to target that have top five upside with 
the ability to run the ball a little bit. Take a look at buying low on Daniel Jones after he plays Dallas week one and then go and try to pick him up. Um, because if you're looking for somebody that can run without having to give up like a Pollard type player, if Daniel Jones has an off week, which I mean, the Dallas defense is very stout, then he's someone that you're going to be able to get for pennies. If Anthony Richardson has a tough game against Jacksonville, probably can get him for pennies or he's going to get dropped. You also have guys like Kenny Pickett who look to be doing like the second year leap has a tough matchup against San Francisco. So it's like, those are the kind of guys that if I'm going to go in early where it's kind of like a low risk move, I'm good. If you want to push in all the trip, the chips, once you've established that you have this depth and you can afford to upgrade with a player, then yeah, maybe that's where you'd give up like a Pollard or something like that. But if I'm giving up a QB, it's like, I have this serviceable guy. Here's another play. I'm sticking with it and go for it to trade Tony Pollard, who you probably took in the first, second round and then getting somebody that you're drafting, say like fourth, fifth, sixth, like, to me, you're not getting the back, like back the value there. So I, I would tread lightly with that very much. I, I think what you need to do, if you don't trust Gino right now, you need to, uh, you're going to have to stream quarterbacks at the beginning and just try to hope that you could find someone take a jump. And Kenny is a great, great guy to look at. And Sam Howell is another one. <coughs> Maybe at the beginning of the season, you just find who's playing the Cardinals, who's playing the Rams and you know, yeah. stream them. All right. Um, let's, Bounce over to Chad real quick. Um, so how much of Waller's preseason value is the total uncertainty of a pecking order amongst the receiving core? Um, and like how much is he going to come out as top three? Um, really, I think that it, he's good, but can he stay healthy? I think that's really the only question mark that you have with Waller. Um, they don't really have a great receiving room. I mean, they drafted Hyatt. They Who did they draft last year? Um, Wondell Robinson. Yeah, Wondell Robinson. Um, more of like a gadget player, really. Um, but ultimately, they don't have anybody that's the number one person. I think that if you look at the top three kind of or top four tight ends, Kelsey, very clearly defined first target on his team. Mark Andrews, first target on his team. TJ, he's not that, but they are penciling him in to be kind of like the number two, which who knows with Addison. If Addison ends up blowing up, Hawkinson's going to be – Absolutely. I think he's overdrafted. Right. I, I he could. He very I much could be. Overdrafted, yeah. But with um, Waller, Waller's really the only other tight end that could very much yeah. potentially be a number one target because it's not going to yeah. be Pitts. It's not going to be Fryermuth. It's not going to be any of these other dudes. So that's kind of the benefit that you're seeing on that upside, and I don't think that that's changed anywhere. Um, I don't think that Waller like. has a history of injuries, though. I think that that was just a last year unfortunate thing. I, I – I personally, I like him. He was my tight end three going into this year. I had him above Hawkinson. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Tyler, before snap has even played in the NFL this season, better value in trying to win a dynasty league or tank for Caleb Williams? You need to tank and you need to start now. You play yeah. to win the game. Dude, okay. But like. But hey, you want to give me your players. He doesn't have a QB three. Like I've been looking at his roster. Uh, He doesn't have a QB three. So I think you need to tank um, and you need to start sooner rather than later because Platt is already a month ahead of you. There you go. Well, yeah. Tyler, talk to me nice. I'll give you some real good tank commanders. Yeah. Mid drafting mid first round doesn't do anything for you. What I would say is that if you think that you can honestly make the playoffs, don't tank. And I honestly wouldn't start sending out trades now at the beginning of the season because everybody's optimistic. But as soon as it gets closer to the trade deadline and you're like, all right, like I'm going to be out of it, 
then that's where you make those trades because then people will pay way more to I, kind of push them over the hump. I disagree though. Um, the thing with me is if a dude thinks that he has a chance at picking fifth or sooner, like he's on the cusp, like why would he give a first round pick for one of his guys if he's going to be picking early? Like you're more inclined to get a first from someone before the year starts because they they believe that they can win. Then later on, if you like, if your first is going to be more valuable than the guy you're going to acquire, like if you want to get first round picks, which Platt already has two of them um, to compete for Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison Jr., you would need to commit earlier. But the thing is, though, like you have to look at your roster and think, do you have a chance to win? Like it's not it's not do you think you're going to make the playoffs? Because if you're picking seventh, that doesn't do anything for you. Right. Um, I think that you need to take a real long look at it and be like, can I win? But you have to really evaluate. Like, look at Platt last year who thought he was going to be picking in the top five, and then he went to the ship. So it depends if you think you have some upside there of a guy that can hit later on. Um, you have to really, like, know. Like, know yourself and know your team. Do you think you're going to win? There you go. All right. So hashtag rate my draft. Can you stay true? Round one, Bijan. Hertz, T. Higgins, D.K. Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Drake London, round seven, Justin Timberlake, not actually, Jonathan Taylor, uh, David Njoku, Rashad White, defense of the Eagles, Greg Dulcich, Zay Flowers, Brock Purdy, 14 team. Um, I'm worried about his – well, I mean – I'm not crazy Bijan. about it. Um, you got Bijan, I like. The Hertz pick I feel like was a round too early. Um, T Higgins, like solid wide receiver too, but is he ever going to really break into that upper echelon of like wide receivers? I don't know. DK, I'm not really high on in that offense. Same with Amari Cooper, even though he has outstanding route running. Drake London could pop. JT is a good lottery ticket. Um, and I like the fact that you're able to snag Rashad White to be your running back too. Um, that was definitely a, a really good pick. I think the Rashad White in the ninth, I would argue is your best pick in the whole draft. Um, I don't really like your tight end room. I don't think Nin, uh, Njoku is going to really do a whole lot. And Dulcich, I don't think, is going to have the pop that he did last year. Zay Flowers in the 12th, nice. Brock Purdy could be solid, especially in a 14-team league if people are holding on to quarterbacks. I'd give this one like a B-, minus. I'd say. Like, it's definitely not a horrible draft. Um, you got a lot of players, at least on like the quarterback, running back side, that can really beat like their ADPs. Um, the receiver tight end situation is going to be a little bit tough, um, yeah. but yeah, cool. I don't have much. I don't have much more to add there. I'm I'm just worried about his tight end significantly because I I was in on Dulcich until I saw him in the preseason. They just didn't seem like they wanted to use him in the way that's going to be fantasy friendly. Yeah, um, and Njoku, you don't know what you're going to get with Njoku. Um, I think he has boom weeks and a lot of bust weeks. So for sure. All right, so this is going to be a two-part one. Um, this is um, also from uh, OS. Um, so one, do you prefer to pay up for like a big wide receiver in DFS or do you prefer to go the running back route? Um, and then while you're answering that question, the second one, um, favorite Bronco for DFS for this week. Um, this one's probably easier. Cortland Sutton, I would imagine, yes. assuming that his value is still down. Yeah. Yeah, Cortland Sutton's my favorite Bronco for DFS. I can tell you I do have a couple where he will be in my lineup. Um, my strategy, though, isn't really that easy. So I typically will start with the injuries from the week before. So 
you have a little bit of a hack when you do DraftKings is because they don't change their values. If there's it lags a week, right? They lag a week with injuries. So if a guy, significant guy gets hurt, like let's say Najee gets hurt, better freaking not happen. Yeah, go um, knock on something, dude. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, I got wood right here, and you know, um, <laughs> uh, you're gonna be looking at Jalen Warren at three thousand. Um, you'll be looking at him like as low as you could get, dude. So, I I don't really look at a position and be like, I'm gonna pay up here. I look at it week to week. Who's the obvious play that you can get a huge value on, and then I throw those guys in my lineups first, and then I look at where I can pay up. So. If I'm going to have a couple running back plays where the guys are getting paid three thousand, I'm throwing Travis Kelsey in and I'm throwing Justin Jefferson in because like you can pay up in those weeks, you know. And uh, I did allude to it earlier. I typically will never pay up on quarterback because um, I th- I think that you know you can draft quarterbacks later on a redraft for a reason. They're a dime a dozen. You just have to find the highest scoring game and try to grab one of those quarterbacks and hope that one of them is on the lower end. Like, and then if if there's points scored, obviously the quarterback quarterback's going to be involved. So it, it changes week over week. I like to try to find value where the, the cost isn't where it should be. And then I kind of work back from there. Solid. Um, that's good feedback for sure. So um, one last comment, and then we'll probably wrap things up for today. Um, but DJ was saying that his backup is already Anthony Richardson. So I think like having – like to me, like Gino is a good safety net for Richardson – Personally, I'd probably lean with someone like a Jared Goff, perhaps, um, that kind of has like a higher profile offense. Geno Smith, if you think he is going to be what he was last year and just like not have like the questionable throws as much, could be solid. I don't think it's necessarily there for me, though. Um, So he was on my do not draft list. Um, But I ultimately do think that like that balance of like yin and yang in the sense of like your quarterbacks, um, good play. and we're going to just leave it with this. So hopefully uh, we see four Kenny Pickett touchdowns on Sunday. I would love yeah. that as a Steelers fan. Um, Kenny actually was someone I thought about because I just don't think people are going to, you know, people aren't going to put him in the lineup. Let's say he continues his hot streak and it doesn't matter what the defense is he's playing. He could be someone that could pop. Um, we talked about a lot of these guys, but the rest of my DFS lineup, talk about Jamal Williams. I got Keenan Allen in there. I like the scoring upside with that high scoring matchup between Miami Dotson, of course. Uh, my tight end, uh, someone we should touch on real quick, Tyler Higby. Love him this week, especially with Cooper Cup out. I think that he's going to lead their team in targets. Um, and then typically I don't like to talk about the defense, but I just had to hype up the Pittsburgh Steelers this week for defense because let's look at what they've done the last two years on week one. They played the Bills and the Bengals, two high-scoring offenses. Okay, Bills in 2021, they sacked Josh Allen three times, only gave up 16 points, forced four fumbles, and scored on a block punt. Last year, they gave up 20 points, picked off Joe Burrow four times, one of which Minka Fitzpatrick returned for a touchdown, and they forced two fumbles, and they sacked him seven times. So it doesn't matter how many points they're going to give up, but if they're having that type of sack production and they're going to force turnovers, which we expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to do week in and week out, they're going to be someone that you want in your DFS lineup regardless of who they're playing. And I imagine that because they have San Francisco as their matchup, they probably are getting a pretty good discount. Yeah, they were the 11th uh, cost defense this week. Cool. Sounds good. Um, Well, I think we're going to wrap it up there for this week. Um, Thank you all for tuning in. This is probably going to be the longest episode of the season, but we definitely appreciate all the the comments in the chat, questions that you all had. Um, I'm I'm Joe. That's Drew. 
You saw Zach for a little bit there, but looking forward to battle it out this season with y'all. If you have any questions, hit us up either on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Um, always happy to help however we can. Y'all have a blessed rest of your day, and uh, let's win some games this week. All right, catch you later. Later.